All right, boys and girls, it's your Uncle Jimmy once again. Coming to you from the Lock and Roll Garage with Grease to Wheels, the podcast. I want to talk to you today about a, this is a kooky subject, and it comes up every once in a while, especially where I work, and it come, I think it comes up once in a while everywhere that technicians work. And I don't even really give a shit what you work on. You're going to run into this. It's people who modify their stuff. People who modify their stuff, and then they expect you to pick up the pieces. Or maybe they don't expect you to pick up the pieces. Or maybe they want something different. Today's podcast is going to be about people who modify their stuff, trying to go faster. Now, it used to be in the day, and when I say in the day, I'm talking in the 60s. And I've heard this from a great many people, a very great many people. And I don't really have any doubt that this did happen. But what they used to do is, uh, well, first off... In the 60s, you could have a job bagging groceries. You might make $20, $30 a week. And at the end of the month, you could save up and you could actually buy a brand new car. They were just not that expensive. You get a cup, you get a loan for a year, maybe two years, make a $60, $70, $80 a month payment, and boom, you got yourself a brand new 68 Chevelle SS396. And you are some hot shit with wheels like that. Let me tell you what. For being a grocery bagger, man, that's fucking awesome. But what some of these people used to do, and and this is, it's nuts to even think about this, but what they would do, go down to the dealership and they would buy a brand new Chevrolet or a brand new Ford, maybe a Dodge, and then they would run home and instantly pull it into the garage and rip the intake manifold off, yank the cam out, pull the exhaust manifolds off, slap a set of headers on it, throw in a hot cam, put on an Edelbrock intake, maybe a double pumper, a Holly double pumper, or maybe just tweak the Quadrajet or or the Motocraft four barrel or the Carter AFB, whatever they got on it, and then take it out, take it down the street a few times, twist some screws, adjust this, adjust that, boom, they're drag racing. And a lot of times these fucking crazy bastards would drag race on the street, street racing. Because trust me when I tell you, those people in the 405, they didn't invent street racing. I think that 10 seconds after they built the second car, they had a street race to see which one was faster, okay? So that's been going on since day one or day two. Depends on how long it took them to build that second car. People modify shit. They're going to do it. They're going to do it, you know? And here's the thing. People modifying stuff at home in the driveway or in the garage or at their friend's house, they typically have... In many cases, they have marginal skills. Now, before I went to tech school, and here again, I don't like to make podcasts about me, but this is just a little story about this type of person. Before I went to tech school, I worked in an auto parts store, and I worked with a a friend of mine, and he had a Firebird, and he wanted to go faster, and he had the money, so he was going to go buy a supercharger for his Firebird. Okay. And then he says to me one day, because I had a garage and I had tools, and he must have thought I knew what I was doing, although I bet he doesn't think that now. (laughs) But he... He thought enough of me to say, hey, you want to help me put a blower on my car? I said, hell yeah. No, I'm working in a parts store. I'm, I'm a guy who's slinging water pumps and thermostats at people. I'm not a technician. But I said, hell yeah, I'll do it. You know, And, and you know what? We got that supercharger kit, and we slapped it on that 97 Firebird. And he went out. After we got done, it, everything went smooth. We had to fabricate a couple of things here and there. That thing was f- fucking fast. It was fast. I mean, it was a little LT1, 350, 97 Formula Firebird, but man, it screamed. 
It screamed. It sounded like a F-14 on the deck of the USS Enterprise spooling up to launch on a catapult. This thing made some noise, and it went like a scalded fucking dog. As I recall, we were able to get into the 12s with it at the at the drag strip. And he went out into the street, and he just murdered motherfuckers with that thing. I mean, he was just killing them. He became a, a street hero with the car, which pretty much exactly what he wanted to do. And, man, he had more fun than a barrel of monkeys with that car. But I was not a trained technician at the time. I Sure, I'd, I'd done all kinds of things to cars. I didn't have any problem with that. But uh, I wasn't trained. And if something had gone wrong, which, by the way, it did, <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to fix it, and I wasn't. Uh, he ended up uh, smoking the transmission because this had a 4L60E, and it wasn't up to the task so we redid that and then uh later on put a little nitrous on there which was the uh i wasn't a real big fan i'm not i've never really been a real big fan of nitrous it's something that adds a lot of undue uh pressures in this in the combustion chamber it's a part breaker is what it is i think he ended up turning the piston rings in the cylinder number eight into chiclets so we got that out and got that rebuilt and because he you know he was going to actually move up to a bigger supercharger which is something that all those crazy bastards do. He actually had the motor rebuilt and lowered the compression a little bit so that he could squeeze some more air into it. It's something you typically do if you're a smart guy. You don't raise the compression on a supercharged or turbo motor. You actually lower it. Uh, works better. But my point here is, is that people take cars all the time that are working perfectly good and they stick shit in them to go faster. And, you know, I got to be honest with you, I can't remember a time where I ever felt like I wanted to go faster so I did things to my car to make it go faster I I'm just it's not me I know I mean I haven't had a lot I have I have had a lot of cars most of them were junkers most of them were for parts and then I would always have like one maybe two cars I would drive daily usually just one and uh, I was smart enough to know that I didn't really want to F with that car too much because I had to get to work the next day. So if I was going to throw a cam in it and I couldn't do it in two hours, which I probably couldn't because I wasn't a trained technician at the time, I wouldn't do that. I was let the old camshaft continue to do what it's doing because it was doing a damn fine job and I was able to get to work and get home again without any trouble whatsoever. I, I'm really one of these people who kind of likes to stay away from modifying stuff. Um, I have modified stuff. I can modify stuff. I don't modify stuff for me. Okay, I like to leave my stuff stock. My thinking is, is that somebody who makes a lot more money and is a lot smarter than me and has a lot more college than me designed this to do a job, a job I wanted to continue to do. And so I'm going to let that, I'm just going to let it be. I'm not going to put a, a JB4 in the car. I'm not going to put a bigger intake manifold on it. I'm not going to put headers on it. I'm not going to put bigger wheels on it or smaller wheels or move them out or move them in or put airbags. I'm not going to do any of that shit. I want to drive the car the way it is. I might build a car in my garage someday that has all that shit on it, but it's not going to be my daily driver. It's going to be a car I build for fun, and I'm the kind of guy who basically just restores cars, so it's not that's something I'm probably going to do anytime soon. <laughs> But that doesn't mean that other people don't do that. Other people love to do that. They love to modify their stuff. The thing, when you do something to make a car faster, it's faster for about a week. And then after that, it's not fast enough. And that, honest to God, is true for every human being on this planet. I don't give a shit how fast your car is. It is never fast enough. Never. Never. 
everybody who's ever modified a car to get it to go faster gets it to go faster and then later on goes it needs to go faster and then modifies it some more and then later on they need to go faster it's just a never never ending quest it is a, it is honestly got a never ending quest I mean, I can remember as a child, and I'm an old guy, so don't forget that, but as a child, I remember reading in magazines such as Hot Rod and Car Craft that physicists and people who know science and these sorts of things had predicted. I saw it in print. I remember seeing it as a a small child. They said that no vehicle on Earth would ever be able to go eight seconds and a quarter mile. Eight. Eight seconds. They hadn't broken that barrier yet with all of the stuff they had, not the funny cars, not the gassers, nothing. They hadn't done it. Scientists said it couldn't be done. Boom, somebody breaks into the sevens. Okay, well, you're not going to be able to get out of the sevens. Okay, so a year, maybe half a year later, boom, somebody's in the sixes. I think the scientists finally gave up when they got to a certain point because every fucking time they said, oh, you're never going to be able to get into the, you know, fill in the blank, whatever number it was. Drag racers would go out and figure out a way to do it because they always, always, always want to go faster. And if some guy with a lab coat from MIT tells them that they can't, God damn it, they're going to. <laughs> That's pretty much the way it works. And, I mean, they have cars now. And these are, of course, their top fuel cars, dragsters, that actually go three seconds in the quarter mile. I mean, literally, they, they start them up, they get them hot, and they run them. And they, they just, they run on. They, they continue to run even though, even though the key's off. They just, they, they destroy everything in them. But they go 300 plus miles an hour, and they, they are, they're in the threes. They're in the three second area. And I'm, I'm betting money that somebody's going to figure out some way to get them into the twos because that's what racers do. That's what people who modify stuff do. My problem is, is as a technician, as somebody who likes to restore cars to a factory condition i.e. read i.e. that make them workable i get annoyed when i see somebody who's done a, a terrible horrible job installing some sort of modification and believe me i have seen a fucking million of them i have seen we had a car this was a car that we had in the independent shop i worked at not too long ago it was a cougar and it was the best way to describe it is that it looked like it had been chewed up by one of those big dinosaur monster trucks at the car show and then spit out and then dragged to our shop Um, and the customer was adamant he was relentless about getting somebody to put this car together the way he wanted it and it was it was beyond worthless there's no other way to put it it was just so completely fucked up and we tried to fix it and we ended up not fixing it i think we ended up in the end actually fixing it but we had so many problems because the customer himself had done quite a few things to the car and failed to tell us that certain components of the car were not stock original to the car. So when we tried to look up parts for it, we were getting the wrong shit. And so it wouldn't work. And eventually we had to, I think we had to go in and pretty much figure out what we had manually somehow or another. I don't remember how we did that, but I'm pretty sure that we we did do something along the lines of figuring out what it was and then able to, then we're able to get it going from there. We had another car, uh, was a Chevelle, and uh, the story was, and I don't know if it's true or not, the story was that it came from like a Mecham or a Barrett-Jackson auction, and the car had been put together simply to go through the auction. It just, it kind of barely ran, and 
It was a hodgepodge of high-performance parts and stock parts and shit that worked and shit that didn't work and stuff that was done in a very haphazard manner. It had the stock transmission and stock rear end. It had headers, dual exhaust. It had aftermarket fuel injection. And it was installed in probably the worst manner possible. It was just kind of slapped in there and wire-tied together, and it looked pretty awful. And then the, the other thing that they had done, for some reason, I, I don't have the answer to the question as to why, but they took the ignition coil and mounted it on the inside of the car. And, you know, it's it's something that you, you can do it. It's not a problem. You can do it. Why you would is the question. And part of the reason why I thought it was idiotic was because the distributor was a points ignition. It was this, It was a stock points ignition it was just ridiculous with you know they have fuel injection which is a, a very modern update when they still have the points ignition with big fat yellow excel coil stuck on the inside of the car it was it was it's just ill-conceived and and this is this is more often what you see when you work on cars that have been modified in the particular independent shop i was working at we saw an extraordinary amount of modified cars. We did a lot of fabrication, a lot of race car stuff. Uh, some of the some of the stuff had been done very poorly, and it used to just kind of rub my OCD the wrong way. I mean, I would just you would look at something that somebody did, and you would wonder if it's possible that they weren't human. It's just done so horribly. One of the things that we ran into, we we did a lot of modifications at our shop as well. And uh, but we always strived to do the best work possible, and we were skilled. I, I will include myself in that statement. We were pretty skilled at doing things to cars that were not factory. Okay, I mean I know how to do things to cars. I know how to modify them. I know how to do the things that you want to do to them to make them go fast. I know how to do it. I just prefer not to, because it's, in my opinion, when you modify a car, you ruin the reliability of it. That's that's my thinking. You push that car towards the envelope of not fucking running. That's the way I look at it. So when you modify a car, it's not something, I don't think it's something that a lot of people take into account. And I've, I've heard the people say these things too. It's like, well, you know, I, I put a supercharger on it or I put a great big, you know, T7 fucking uh, turbocharger on it. And now I can't drive it to work anymore because I can't get it started in the morning. It's like, hey, no shit. What, what did you expect? If you, if you go to the track and you watch some of these guys with these these top fuelers, top fuel cars, or maybe funny cars, or even just a even just the regular pro stock cars, th- these aren't cars that you can drive on the street. These aren't cars you could drive down to the grocery store and pick up milk and bread and eggs and come back home with. It's not they're not for that anymore. And when you put the same shit on your car that they have on their car, you're in effect taking your car and making it into a race car and making it completely unusable for anything other than being a race car. That opinion, that point of view is lost on so many people who modify cars. It's like, look, you you can't have that and do the things you want to do with a car, you know? I have talked to a thousand people who've had, you know, cars that were modified up just had everything done to them, you know, ported and polished and direct injected. And and I mean, just they've gone nuts, you know, they have dual carb tunnel rams with three inch primary tube headers and, you know, dumps in front of the wheel and exhaust cutoffs. And they've got 12 and a half to one pistons and and electric water pumps. And and I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I mean, there's literally millions of dollars that you can spend on a car. And when they get done with it, they have a car that is completely unfucking drivable. That right there is my problem with modifying cars. That's why I don't do it. 
I want to be able to go to the store and buy milk, bread, and eggs. I want to be able to drive through a snowstorm and get home. I don't want to have to look at the temperature gauge as it bounces off the, the 250 mark. I don't want to have to watch the gas gauge go from F to E in like three minutes. I don't want to. I don't want any of that shit. You know. I want my engine vacuum to be good. I want everything to work the way it's supposed to. And and when the factory builds a race car, and 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 anybody who's had a car and worked on it knows that this is true. If if you come across a factory car, a car that's had like some factory modifications, let's say a Hemi Cuda, okay, or let's take a, a BMW Twin Turbo 335, okay. These are cars that are fucking fast, and the factory built them to be fast. And the factory built in somehow or another a reliability factor. Okay, now if you have a Hemi Cuda, you're probably not using it to commute back and forth to work. Maybe in the 70s when you got it, you might have. But not now you're not because the car's worth a million dollars. I mean, literally, honest to God, worth a million dollars. They only built so many Hemi cars from, what, 67 to 72? And they're all worth a fortune. Every fucking one of them. And I don't even care if they're upside down in a lake. They're still worth a good chunk of money. But with a Hemi, a factory-built Dodge, Plymouth, or a Chrysler Hemi car, it was something you could get in and twist the key, and it would start, and you could drive it. Some of them had solid lifters, so you had to be in there with a feeler gauge every once in a while to set them upright so they would run right. But there was a, a certain amount of reliability that went along with the fact that the factory screwed that together, and the engineers knew what they were talking about. They knew what kind of parts to get. They knew how to have them put together, what torque to make the bolts. They work. You know, that we. I work for BMW. We have cars that have twin turbos. I think every BMW now has a turbo of some sort on it. Uh, they had twin turbos for a while on some of the cars. They're fast as shit. Now, the reliability kind of took a hit because sometimes the turbos wear out because we are out there beating their asses, basically, is what it comes down to. I got. I have one that I put back together. That thing, that thing rips. It's a screamer. It's all factory. There's not one stupid aftermarket thing on it. And I can get in it right now, twist the key. You don't have to actually twist it. You just insert it and press the start, stop button. But you press that button and it starts up. It's a stick car. You let the clutch out, boom, it goes down the road. I could drive it probably a 1,000 miles without having to worry about it breaking down. Got a lot of miles on it, too. But I fixed it. I put it all back together again the way it's supposed to be. I got it. It was kind of screwed up. But it's all back to factory. And it could be driven. If I had been one of these JB4 guys who takes these uh, aftermarket tuner kits and bolts it in there instead of the uh, you know the engine computer or bolts it in there to scramble the signal to the engine computer, yeah, it could be a lot faster. It could also leave me stranded on the side of the road, which I definitely don't want. I would trade going fast but not as fast as my buddy, as long as I could drive by him when his car's on the side of the road with smoke pouring out from under the hood. Because I'll tell you this right now, I've had about five or six cars that ran really, really terrible. I find out from the owner that he has a JB4 aftermarket tuner wired into the thing, and I tell him, we got to take it out. It's junk. And they go, oh, but I paid X amount of dollars for it, and I had so-and-so put it in. go, it's got to come out. You pull it out. And you put it all back together again the way the factory did it. And guess what? The car runs right. It runs the way it's supposed to. How about that, huh? Unbelievable. Sometimes people are their own worst enemy when it comes to modifying their cars. Recommend highly that you don't. Now, I know that I'm not talking to the right group of people about this, okay? I know that. Because as mechanics, we make a lot of money off of people doing stupid shit to their cars. 
but I would prefer we didn't have to. You know, I'd love to just do maintenance to cars, you know. But uh, one of the problems I run into, and, and I, I think that this is a mini thing. If you see somebody with a Mini Cooper, ask them when the last time they changed your oil was. If they could, A, think of it, I'd be surprised if they could remember when they did it last. They don't seem to want to change the oil in their cars. And probably It's probably because they have to roll coins just to make the car payment. They, have got, they can't afford to get the oil changed. So, so there you have, you, know, you have Minis that people like to modify and do things to also. And uh, they're a little, they don't really respond very well to them, I don't think. I mean, they have some from the factory that have turbos and they have some that have superchargers on them. And uh, I've had to replace uh, all of those parts on those cars. They were just a little too much for them. Uh, Mini, as far as I'm concerned, a Mini's really not a car per se. I mean, lots of people use them as cars, but I think that they're just basically go-karts. Uh, I know a lot of people have a lot of fun with them. I know some people don't mind working on them. I kind of do. But uh, that's just a personal thing. As far as modifying cars go, uh, if somebody asks you to modify their car form, I would take that as a real compliment. And I mean that honestly, because if somebody is smart enough to want to do a modification to their car, and they've researched it, and they've decided that they needed to have a professional handle the install of whatever it is, and they come to you, then they must think highly of you, of your, of you and your skills. And uh, honestly, between you and me, I would probably tell them no, because you have no idea. And I mean, unless this is a really good friend of yours, or maybe it's a family member, which is actually the worst case scenario. But if they take this car after you've modified it, and they just absolutely beat the fucking crap out of it and destroy it, and they may actually blame you. This has happened. I've, I've seen it happen. People, you know, they buy some sort of modification for their car, and it helps uh, It helps to kick the shit out of that car and make it worthless in a hurry. And, uh, and then they start looking around for somebody to blame. That's what people do. People are always looking for somebody to blame for what's wrong with their car, which is so wrong. It's just it's not the right way to, to go at it. And then when people modify their cars, I think a lot of times they don't really have any idea what they're doing to the car. Um, I think in the, in the case of uh, certain modifications such as uh, turbos and, and superchargers and nitrous oxide is another one, these are all things that help to increase the cylinder pressure. Um, there's other things you can do to increase the cylinder pressure. You can uh, mill your heads. You can get bigger pistons longer connecting rods uh, these are things that help to increase the cylinder pressure and that's where your power comes from that's where the torque comes from that gets transferred from the connecting rods to the crank and then is delivered out through the transmission to the drive axles wherever they may be if there's a rear axle or if there's a transaxle or if you got four-wheel drive whatever increasing the cylinder pressure is the name of the game and when you do increase the cylinder pressure you increase the probability of engine damage from either bending connecting rods or damaging pistons, breaking piston rings, bending valves. There's a million and one things that can go wrong here. Okay, and when you add these power adders, these cylinder pressure increasers, uh, that's where you run into trouble. That's where you can run into trouble. And what I'm trying to tell you in no, no uncertain terms is that a lot of times when you add power to a car, you haven't added enough Maybe the owner's satisfied for a few moments, maybe maybe an hour, maybe even two hours, maybe a week. But there's never an end in sight. They, they're they going to come back. They're going to call you up to say, you know, it's pretty fast, but I need to go faster. I want to sign off this podcast about 
performance modifications with a, with a note. I have injected my opinion on this, okay? I know a lot of you have a different opinion on that. And I apologize if my opinion doesn't match up with yours. I've just, I look at things from a different point of view. I like to have cars work. I don't feel like it's necessary to modify them. But uh, I do like to see some cars with modifications. There's no question about that. Nothing I like more than going to a car show and seeing a, a 71 Chevelle with a supercharger, an 871 GMC blower sticking through the hood with a great big fat tooth belt going to it. And hearing that whine, you know, that's just cool. But it's just, at the same time as I'm thinking it's cool, I, I think it's a waste. So listen, you guys uh, definitely, I know you guys are definitely going to have opinions on this particular podcast. I really honestly would like to hear them. I'd like to hear uh, maybe... Maybe you work somewhere where there's a lot of modifications that people do to the kind of vehicles you work on and it's not working out for them. Maybe it's working out for you because you get to pick up the pieces and put them all back together. But let me know what you got, what what you've had, uh, what modifications you've seen that are successful, what modifications you have seen that are not successful. I really would like to know that. Give me some sort of feedback on that. You know, the uh, usual suspects, the social media channels, Facebook, Reddit, Instagram, Twitter, yada, yada, yada. I don't know if that's probably, that's probably your website too, so I should be careful. But this is your Uncle Jimmy signing off. Until next time, see ya.